Can I go first? Sure, go first. This one says, did Joshua have parents? You keep saying he was the son of none. Oh, boy. I I can't answer it because this one's my question. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you see, Uh, I thought that was James Shanky. I really, I don't know. For whatever reason, I figured that was James. I'll take that as a compliment. I apologize. Go ahead. That was the question. That was the question. That was it. Okay. If you're asked to serve in a ministry, should you pray about it first? Very good question. Uh, Absolutely. We should pray about everything. I mean, that's what the Bible says. We should always be in prayer. So, yes. Um, Ask to join or ask to serve in a ministry. Yeah, definitely pray about it because you want the leading of the Lord. Uh, you don't want to do anything on your own and just step out and do it. You don't want to. You don't want it under compulsion. You know, sometimes pastors can kind of do that, especially if it does come from a pastor, kind of pastoral exhortation, like you know, I, we really need this and we'd like you to get involved in this. So absolutely pray about it. We should be in prayer about all things. Um, take it before the Lord. Continue to pray about it. Seek counsel from um, others in the body, those who are older in the Lord than you, and ask for their wisdom and counsel. And then, you know what? Go for it. If it seems like the Lord wants you to do it, just go for it. That's that's my take. I would just... I would expand on, yes, pray about it first, pray about it second, and pray about it third. Really, really do pray about it. And I, I know a pastor one time asked him I do some, you know, Tim asked for before, like, oh, ask James to turn up Drew. Oh, let me pray about it first, you know. Uh, a pastor asked somebody about serving in some role. It wasn't really a really big deal. Hey, we're doing this thing. I want you to kind of help out. And, you know, would you like to do it? And the guy said, oh, yeah, I'll pray about it. He said, okay, great. And let me know by tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. You know, go ahead and pray about it tonight, but I need the answer tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. So it kind of depends on what it is. Is Tony asked you, hey, uh, you know, can you, like, empty the trash bag for us first? Well, let me pray about it first. No, you know, just do it. But if God's calling you to serve, and as we've talked, there's pitfalls. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations. You want to make sure that you're ready. And as I shared, if you're in a family, you know, you're all involved. You're all in. You know, only one of you is going to step out, but all of you are going to be involved one way or another. So definitely pray and know it's the direction God has you to go. Because you might think that, oh, this is the best thing in the world to do. I'm going to go out and I'm just going to do this, which is a good thing, and help people out. But the reality of it is, if that's not God, what God wants you to do, it's a sin to go and do things that God doesn't want you, you know, to do. You're off his mark. So definitely pray and seek. And, again, the big things, I've got pages and pages of scriptures and confirmations. And some of the other things, God just says, boom, right there it was. Oh, wow, here it is, and here's the answer right away. He'll let you know. If he wants you to do it, I promise you he'll let you know if you seek him and ask. Yeah, just to add to that, like you said about pray and get back to me at 8.30 in the morning, um, you know, I think that that's a valid thing. But one thing when we're making a decision, God's never going to pressure you like a used car salesman. Like, you got to make this decision right now. Otherwise, someone else is going to come by this car at 4 o'clock. Someone's interested. You know, the Lord will never physically pressure you really to make a spiritual decision. You may be spiritually pressured. Um, you know, like, you see the need. You hear about the need. And 
if someone's asked you to be a part of the, the response to that need. So you may feel a pressure, yeah, you know, I probably should do this, but let me pray about it to make sure. But God's never going to, you know, beat you over the head to do the ministry that you're in, you know. He may ask you, a pastor, he may ask you through a pastor once, but he's probably not going to ask you, hey, can you do this, can you do this, can you do this, you know. God doesn't have the same needs that, that we do. So um, if you feel pressured in a bad way, it, it might not be the Lord. But again, you know, you really find that out through prayer. They make it look so easy on a pastor's perspective. Okay, this is a good one. Um, how does CCOC feel slash stand on women serving? And I would give the answer that we love women serving. You know, the Bible is full of women who serve the Lord, who serve the Lord in full capacity. Um, you know, a lot of times women will even hear that call to serve before a man does. You know, men are kind of, uh, uh, and women's a little more sensitive and more sometimes closer to the Lord in that aspect where sometimes God might have to shout at me but he just kind of has to says, say it to Ashley and she'll hear right away but um, you know biblically from what I understand and what I believe is Calvary's position there's really only one position that a woman uh, cannot have and that is a senior pastor or senior overseer um, and it's really you know a, a woman can teach a woman can teach other women and women can teach children um, women can teach young people, but to, to have that authority over the man is really kind of seen in Genesis with Adam and Eve, where Eve desired to have that authority over Adam, but that wasn't the way that God had designed it. Now, that's not to say that women aren't going to influence the church, that women don't have a say in the church, or that women are any less important in the church, but again, with that organization, God is created, so that man is the head, and the man is over um, the church, and the, at least in the senior pastor role, or a senior teaching role. You guys agree, disagree? Completely agree. I concur. <laughs> and and it, it's it's the same thing at, at our, our church as well, WCCB. We're so small that really 99% of that doesn't apply anyway. But, but Tara oversees our youth ministry right now with, you know, the, the youths, as we call them out here. Um, but yeah, you know, just go to Genesis and, and, and Timothy, and I think that's that's about it. That's the uh, I, I just take the biblical perspective, which is right what Tim said. And who uh, brought Jesus into the world? A woman, you know. So God loves to use women. So. And I'm sure that question was asked by a man, right? There's a little heart over the eye. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That was James. Yeah. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> All right, James is going to want. He's going to want to leave this ministry. Now. Yeah, he's going to. He'll take the children's ministry where <laughs> no one sees where he is. <laughs> if God asked you to do something in the past and you didn't do it, is it ever too late to obey? Well, look at Jonah. Um, it wasn't too late to obey, but you, you know, you know what? You just go the long way around. So uh, it's a lot easier to obey initially. But you know what? Um, they call the Lord the hound of heaven. So um, he will ask you and ask you and ask you. And he will continue to put those desires on your heart. You still have the option to obey or, or to disobey. But we're also told that, you know, it might be for such a time as this that he called you. So if you don't obey, you're going to lose out on the blessing. You know, it's not like God really needs us, but God will just basically say, 
okay, I've given you the opportunity. Now let me move on to James because he's, he's ready to go for it. But, uh, you know, God, God loves us and he wants to use us. So I would just suggest, you know, after praying about it, you know that God is calling you. Why would you want to disobey? Why would you not want to uh, obey the Lord and just go for it right, right off the start? Um, you know, sometimes in a way, in the little things, maybe you're driving down a road and you see there's somebody off the side of the road. Maybe they got a flat tire. You think, man, I think God was really telling me to stop. And you don't, well, yeah, it is too late. You really can't go back for that person, that opportunity that may have been there. Uh, but then there's other things I look at. I, I look at, at, at WCCB, the church that we started. And when I started going down this path, I heard stories from three different people that all had a heart to start a church there in Bethel, right where it's at. And for one reason or another, they didn't. And I'll sit right here and tell you, if, if Angie and I, if we would have said no to moving out here to New York, there'd be a church up there. I'm highly confident there'd be a church up there. And guess who wouldn't be the pastor? Well, it wouldn't have been me. Maybe I'd be a pastor somewhere else. I don't know. But I know that God was going to do it, and by just saying yes and just letting him do it, I, I am where I'm at. And, you know, uh, you don't want to dwell on the missed opportunities. Just try to say yes every time. Just try to say yes and, and do it. Uh, and, again, I think there's times sometimes where God will ask you to do something challenging and say, no, I can't do it, I'm not, uh, and, and he'll bring it back to you. But sometimes just his timing, he might present something to you. For me, first time I read scriptures and I felt God was telling me that you're going to teach and you're going to pastor a church, and my pastor was getting the same stuff. It was 15 years later before I actually started what I was doing. Part of it, I ran away. Was it my disobedience? Because shortly after, that pastor fell in sin. And I was like, pastor, arrows, fallen sin? I want nothing to do with it. But I think it was God's timing to prepare me for it. So I dwelt on, did I miss the boat a long time ago? I'm not really sure. But in God's perfect plan, he knew I would have anyway. So I'm already here where I'm at. So just be obedient. And you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, just to add to that, that, you know, we may have missed a physical opportunity, but God always has a spiritual opportunity for you. And, you know, if you've missed a physical opportunity and you repent and you seek out the spiritual opportunities to serve him, even if it may not be in the same capacity as you felt like you were originally called, like Tony was saying, God will bring you back around, he'll bring you through, and he'll give you new physical opportunities to fulfill those that spiritual calling. So, you know, he's always faithful to restore He's always faithful to call you, you know. Um, you know, the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. And if, if we're willing to follow him, that's really all that it comes down to. It's not that God's unwilling to use us. It's that we are unwilling to be obedient or, you know, we think we know better than God and say that God can't use us. And that's that's definitely not the case. He is capable of using a donkey. And, you know, I know <laughs> I can relate. So, I'm sitting right here, man. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Well, when you said WCCB, I thought you were saying a radio station. <laughs> WCCB. WCCB. It makes me uh, also think of Moses who jumped the gun. And, uh, you know, he knew that God had called him, but yet he's ahead of the Lord and God had to rein him in and had to, you know, kind of sit him on the back burner for quite a while before he was ready to really use him. So that's, again, where everything I think we've talked about today, the idea of praying, seeking God, being obedient to God, and then just following God rather than doing our own thing uh, falls into play. So it's just that matter of just staying close to the Lord and abiding in him. Um, I think that's it for our questions. I have one more. Oh, you do? Yeah. 
This is a good one too. So if you guys want to field it first, it's up to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you, as leaders, approach opposition to leadership uh, with weapons and force? Yeah. Yeah, Tim, 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 Tim has a permit, so I don't have to worry. You know, honestly, that's sort of the way the world kind of deals with opposition. You know, you don't want to, if you're a dictator, you have as many weapons on your side and as many laws on your side to enforce your power. But godly leadership should never have to enforce its authority in, in that manner over all things. Like, you know, the example I gave before about someone calls it disturbing in service, absolutely you're going to use physical force to remove this disturbance. But the heart is for the, the heart of the people and for the message that they would be able to be growing and fed. But also, even as they're taking the person out, I'm sure that it's for their physical and spiritual health, too, that they would be confronted and they would be dealt with in a loving manner, uh, even if it is with the loving end of a boot. Um, but as leadership, I think, you know, with weapons, you know, we, it's hard sometimes when people come against your authority, especially as men, you know, feel like, oh, I'm not respected or for whatever reason. Uh, but we really do have to remember what the Bible says, that when we wage war, it's not against physical beings. It's not necessarily the person that's coming against you or undermining authority, uh, but it's really a spiritual battle against principalities and powers and that, uh, first and foremost, it's prayer. You know, I've heard Chuck Smith say that the Lord would, could, would let him defend himself if he wanted, but isn't it better when, when the Lord really defends us? But um, in leadership, we do have a responsibility to deal with issues where as someone who, uh, I mean, you guys are all really kind of leadership and serving, but as someone who just would come to a church visiting, it's not really their responsibility to care for the sheep as opposed to it's our responsibility to make sure that if there is someone causing trouble, that that person is dealt with in the appropriate manner, whether it be loving them and caring for them or whether it be removing them because um, they're not a sheep, they're a goat or a wolf or whatever, what have you. Yeah, I, I guess the biggest thing is dealing with, with the opposition, uh, and, and it's the difficult part about it, with grace and, and long-suffering as well. Um, and the easiest way, I guess, for me is just to sit and just just take two minutes to reflect on how has Jesus dealt with me. I mean, lots of grace, lots of long suffering. You know, um, do I want to be harsh? You know, we we often, as I, I just shared before, we want we want uh, law and justice for others, and we want grace and mercy for ourselves often. So. Um, how would I want to be treated? Because, man, I've done so many wrongs and, and do so many wrongs, and uh, God loves me. So it's got to be anything you don't you do outside of love. Uh, but that love also and extends to the others that are in the church. So you, you can't let the be so lenient as to let others be hurt. You have to protect everybody. So that's where it comes to a, a tough spot, you know, and I'm constantly reminded you know, I, I am not the Lord. I can't do those things. So I, I trust him to do it in me. And when I face those situations, it's with lots of prayer and seeking to counsel people like Tony and Pastor Owen and my, my buddy Pastor Randy Bills back in Indiana. Oh, yeah, I, I call these guys, and, and uh, I ask for prayer, and I, I ask for help, and I pray about it, and I read God's word. And until I know what I'm supposed to do, that's, you know, just do what you got to do, but it's what you have to do is in grace and long suffering. 
and I'm short on both of those. Yeah, I uh, completely agree with what both of the guys said. You, you want to do everything biblically, number one. You want to look at the biblical model. How did Christ act? How did the apostles act? What does scripture say? And it comes about from the word, looking into the word, being in prayer. And as Tony just said, counsel. Um, uh, just as he mentioned, guys, I have guys that have known the Lord for, man, 30, 40 years, um, walking with the Lord. Guys that have known the Lord, you know, just forever, it seems like. And those are people that I counsel with. So um, to me, that's important to go to them for counsel and to ask them questions. But it's also that matter of just staying close to the Lord. And as you stay close to him, you get to know the heart of the Lord. And he begins to guide you. He says he'll guide you with his eyes. So that's what God wants to do. It's just that matter of staying close so that he'll guide you in whatever tough decisions you have to make. And, you know, those are hard. They really are hard because no one wants to deal with things like that. We're all human, and we love things to be wonderful and easy. But um, I think as we saw in the book of Joshua, there's opposition, and that's what it's all about. And everywhere that Israel was to go, there was opposition, but yet God kept saying, possess the land, possess the land. And unfortunately... Even to this day, the Jews haven't possessed all of the land because, well, except for someone like Caleb, who at 85 years old says, hey, give me that land, a lot of them didn't. And then look at the two and a half tribes that, um, I forget who was, I think it was Tony, that touched on the two and a half tribes that, you know, just settled on the east side of the river, you know, and said, hey, we're, we're happy with this. So um, there's going to be opposition. There'll be tough times. But it's a matter of prayer, in the word, seeking godly counsel, and, uh, and then trusting. You know what? It's the Lord's church. It's not ours. And everything he does, he does well. Yeah, just one more thing, too. I think it, we need to be introspective, too, with the Lord. Like, when opposition comes, the first thing you want to do is fight back or push back. But like you said, staying close to the Lord comes to... Lord, is there some truth to this? Like, even if this person is coming at me in a wrong way, am I being a bad leader? You know, it's really you have to check your own heart and make sure that there's not a sin issue. And we need to do that all the time anyway. And sometimes it's hard and we don't like to do it because sometimes we don't want to hear what the Lord would have to say. We're afraid he might not agree with us in a sense. But, um, you know, it's important, especially as leadership, that we check our hearts for the Lord. But, um, you know, if you're in ministry for any amount of time, like I mentioned earlier, there's, there's going to be opposition and there's going to be people that hurt you. And, you know, Judas was one of the 12 and he betrayed Jesus. And there's times when people betray us and we need to be, be careful that we're not betraying others, um, you know, no matter if they're in leadership or underneath us, you know, so to speak. Yeah, we're going to be um, very shortly in the book of Acts looking at Barnabas and Saul. And remember, we've seen that great relationship that they had Barnabas, the brother of consolation. But yet, they actually had such a dispute over Mark when Mark left and went back to Jerusalem that Barnabas and Saul split and parted company. So here are these two great brothers in the Lord, and yet there's a division. But guess what? God worked it out for good because now instead of one great missionary expedition, you had two. Barnabas goes one way, and then Saul takes Silas, and they go another way. 
and that's how God works everything together for good. So while it might be difficult um, in the short term for us, in the long term, the Lord works it out. And that's where the enemy wants to use those things for evil, but God will always use it for good because it's his church. So that's one of the other, that's at least one way I look at things. That, yes, it hurts, yes, it's hard, but you know what? God will work it out together for good because it's his church. Anybody else? No curveballs. Nope. Okay. Well, guys, um, we really thank you so much for sticking it out. You guys are awesome. Um, I think this was a, a really good day. I, I really do. I think God uh, is going to do great things through this and help all of us as we minister, as we serve in the various capacities the Lord has called us to serve in. And uh, we love you guys. So thank you so much for coming out. And uh, hopefully we can do something like this again in the future and uh, be able to strengthen and, and build each other up in the Lord. So. Now I guess uh, as we leave, we're really good servants, and we know what service is all about. We'll be able to minister to the body that God's given us. So praise the Lord. So go in peace.